Welcome to Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. I'm Greg. And I'm Erin. We've been married for 30 years. We're marriage counselors and we lead the marriage team here at Focus on the Family. Okay, so today's topic is one that I think every couple can relate to. We're talking about communicating during a conflict, and that is not always easy. No, well, especially it's so easy to miscommunicate when we're in the middle of conflict and we're both heated, we've been triggered. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember, I think it was your, your about a year ago, so it was one of your last birthdays. Mm-hmm. I had really tried to plan everything well, and we had the whole family, so our adult kids, and so we're just celebrating you. And so one of the things we did is we made this huge meal mm-hmm. for you. And so I really, I worked really hard. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not this wonderful cook. So, you know, it took a lot of effort, a lot of energy. I was worn out. And I think right as we were finishing up, mm-hmm. then and again, it's your birthday. So in mm-hmm. fairness to you, it's your birthday. Kind of you suggested to the family, hey, you know what I really want to do is let, let's all go for a walk. We'll take mm-hmm. the dogs. Let's mm-hmm. just go for a walk. And I think I said something like, yeah, great. That's a wonderful idea. Let's do that after we all clean up. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe you even heard that wrong. But either way, you kind of gave me that look like, seriously, yeah. it's my birthday. It is my birthday. And Why am I cleaning up to, on my birthday? <laughs> right. And then that triggered me because I'm thinking, man, we have a rule in our family. We This 31 years of marriage in, hey, whoever cooks, the other cleans. Mm-hmm. Thinking that it really wasn't in my mind like, hey, the birthday girl will clean. But I think I was looking more at the family going, okay, everybody. I think I, I remember now, I think what I said is, hey, that's great, but let's everybody five minutes. If we all work together, we can get this done. Either way, you talk about miscommunication. Yeah, it, you were not happy no. about that no, I, I was not to go happy for a about walk that. on my yeah. birthday <laughs> not, so, not do dishes right <laughs> <laughs> and apparently I didn't want to do any of that either and it's just again we we all go through these moments mm-hmm. to where you know we get triggered we we say things probably mm-hmm. we don't mean um, I don't even remember what I said, but I said something maybe snarky mm-hmm. and that only shut you down more. And so now mm-hmm. you're frustrated with me and now I'm th- going, oh, no, I've blown it. It's on her birthday. She'll mm-hmm. remember this yeah. forever. It's good to know that you really don't remember it. I really don't, which good. is a, a blessing to our marriage. Which I but made the whole thing up. I know we worked through it. I do remember that because it was we were definitely disconnected on that walk. Yeah, and, so and we it's do awesome. This. Yeah, it's awesome when your adult children notice that that you're disconnected, and then try to comment on it. <laughs> yeah, so really today we want to talk about, okay, so all this happens, we've mm-hmm. been triggered, we're hearts have shut down, mm-hmm. now we're reacting kind of like we were in our kitchen. You know, what do we do about it? And that's really why I love that we've got some great segments coming up. You know, later on we're going to hear for some friends here at the ministry about their conflict style. Oh, I can't wait. I know, because <laughs> some of them, I'm, I know them going, oh, I can't. I could guess, but uh-huh. I can't wait to hear uh-huh. them say what they think is their conflict style. You know, we're also going to hear a question from one of our listeners. And this question is, you know, I hate conflict and I avoid it at all costs. How can I be better about conflict? Mm. But first, Greg, you had a great conversation with Catherine Hill, and she has some great tips for communication when you're fighting. She's an author, speaker, and director of Care for the Family. Let's listen to the conversation with Catherine.
I love just hearing your story that you and your husband both are trained as lawyers. And so I was laughing, thinking, man, I'd love to be a fly in the wall to watch you guys hear you guys deal with conflict. But certainly one of the things you guys have talked about is part of that the marriage journey is, you know, we are going to have differences and we will get into conflict and that's all normal, natural. How have you guys really learn to manage conflict in a way that that draws you closer together? Well, first of all, I think that I always thought conflict was a bad thing. Came into marriage thinking I I hadn't actually seen growing up, hadn't seen healthy ways of resolving conflict at all. I think my parents just, yeah, if they did have an argument, it wasn't when we were around. So I'd never really seen it. And so I thought they were a bad thing. And so the first time we had a disagreement, and I think I said in the book, I think it was something to do with how to carve a chicken just a ridiculous <laughs> thing right. but the sparks were flying yeah. and at that moment I I just felt we didn't really have the tools to know how to negotiate this this was new territory my default was to run for cover and okay. just not to really express how I was feeling um, see, as a lawyer I'd think you'd be right there arguing debating objecting I could have my case very well <laughs> very well ordered in my head but I just emotionally I found yeah. it really hard to deal with the, the conflict yeah. whereas Richard uh, he was much more able to uh, present his case yeah. and I thought that I was doing well avoiding conflict. Mm. I honestly thought that was a good thing. Yeah, the um, best for our marriage is this is not experience this conflict. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so it took, yeah, a roast chicken <laughs> and um, and an argument then and just understanding that actually if uh, conflict is going to come right. to every Everybody. marriage. It's part of the adventure, the journey. Exactly. And happen. we need to learn to argue well. Uh, so what have you guys learned? So, well, well, if we were observing you guys fighting now, 37 years later, what would we notice that you do that helps you to, to manage conflict? I hope that we don't always get this right, but I hope that they would uh, notice that we have learned how to express how we feel, okay. that we would try never to use words like you always or you never. So if there was an issue, um, instead of saying you never put the rubbish out on a Wednesday evening instead of that to say something about how it makes the person feel. So I feel that you don't care if okay. you don't put the rubbish out or whatever the yeah. issue is. Often then you it's personalize the it. You're, it's not attacking you, you, you. Exactly. It's saying I feel devalued or taken advantage of when you whatever. Yeah. And I, I think um, one of the images we found helpful is imagining that we're sitting together uh, on a sofa or through, in a, next to each other. And this issue is between us, like a cushion between mm. us. And we take it and we put it out in front of us. Mm. And so it doesn't become personal between yeah. us. Yeah. It's about the issue. And then we're on the same side. Yeah. We're on the same side As trying to work this out. Absolutely. That's um, good. Yeah, because you really talk about that in your book that you call it the stop. Oh, the stop signs. Kind yeah. of analogy. And I really, I, I really thought that was very good information. So shall I run through what Please. they are? Yeah, so stop. So S-T-O-P. And it's just four habits to avoid when you're having a disagreement, how to argue well. So the first one, S, is scoring points. So I say, you know, you did that. And then yeah. he say, yeah, but I did that because you did this. Right. And suddenly an issue over 
how to carve a chicken has right. become something much bigger um, about an issue that's not at all related. So that's scoring points. T is thinking the worst. Now, I would be very prone to this. And so just assuming the worst in a situation, not actually talking about it, um, but taking an issue personally, which may not have any basis in right. at all. Right. Third one, O, opting out. So again, that would be my default, which is just to go to ground, to not not really talk about things, not say how you feel. And then the final one, P, is putting down. So that's devaluing the other person. And it might be by words, but it could just be that shrug of the shoulders, yeah. the raising the eyebrows, the sigh. That look. Exactly. Yeah. And none of those are good ways to resolve conflict. So we would try and avoid those. And in the book, I talk about finding the third way, trying not just one of us to give in and have a compromise, but see if we can make whatever issue it is, make it creative and finding a different way forward that we're both both happy with. So that would be, yeah, just a few little thoughts on that. And what's so good about that is that kind of I would be more similar to how you used to manage conflict, which is I hate conflict. I'm a peacemaker. I just would rather avoid it. And I think probably one of the best things that I've learned is the value of actually after a conflict, going back and, and repairing that. Oh, yes. You know, using what you're talking about through the, the, the stop. I, I love that as an acronym, but using those skills. But for me, it was just being willing to return and go, Aaron, we had that really weird, difficult, whatever conversation last night or this morning, whatever. Let's talk about that. And actually what I'll say to her now, because remember, I still hate conflict. I would much rather only <laughs> exist in peace. But what I'll say to her is that, hey, last night when we had that interaction, is there anything that I need to repair? And it's just, it's been something that really helps us. And she'll say, you know, no, yeah, I, I think we were both just tired and yeah, I get it. I, we're, I think we're fine. And I'm like, yes. Or she'll say, you know what, actually something that you said, yeah, really it, it still, it hurts. And l let's talk about that. But there's something just about a willingness to return to the conversation, to repair that has made such a big difference because the research shows that that one out of every three times a healthy couple will do conflict right in the beginning. And, and so two out of three times we're going to do it poorly. That's just a reality. And what we've learned is, okay, so we're probably going to mess it up two out of three times. But all we need to do then is circle back and, and just repair. What what do we need to repair? And I've just noticed that's made such mm. a big difference for us. It, it it keeps us connected versus allowing whatever that thing is to kind of build some resentment or some distance between us. That's so good. And I think very often the actual thing that we're arguing about just disappears. We often can't even remember, but it's maybe a hurtful thing that's been said. It's something that's between us that, yeah, doing that loop back and asking just, yeah, that little question. Are we good? Are we okay? Yeah. Anything that we need to, to go back over? Um, for me, sometimes giving up my right to be right. I Ooh. think I'm right. <laughs> well, let me say this stronger. One. I know I'm right. <laughs> and it, yeah. it is hard though to let go of that. And I think that's why in, in Proverbs, it says uh, pride leads to conflict. Yes. And I remember when I saw that, whatever, you know, whatever translation it says that in, but it, it really, 
it humbled me because I realized that, that my pride around I'm right, how I see it. Of course, that's the right way to see it. And, and I, I take a lot of pride <laughs> in how I look at things. And, and what I started noticing is that I would spend all my time trying to convince Aaron of why I was right. And I was excessively proud of my own opinion and my perceptions and, and all of that. Probably like a good lawyer. I was going to say, do. imagine two lawyers yeah, on the case. Well, that, that's why, again, I would pay. I'd buy a ticket to watch you guys do that because yeah. I'd just be so fascinated at how you've learned over the years. Because you don't stay married 37 plus years without figuring out, okay, here's how we, we come back and, and really repair that. Yeah. But you're right. It takes humility. I love when you talked about the the stop as an acronym, but that the T thinking the best for me that that's been... no, it's thinking the worst. Thinking oh. the worst is what you don't do. But yeah, we should think the best. The Bible yeah. talks about one one um, translation of one Corinthians thirteen says, "Believe the best." Yes. And I think if we do, I think it's great to. But yeah, we should maybe we should have that as another version. <laughs> think the best because actually, I was just setting you up. Yeah. To, to, <laughs> To but go we back give, to that one. We give the person the benefit of the yes. doubt. I think that's what's great about that. Was that was huge yeah. in my own life because it was so easy for me to jump to conclusions. Yeah. And then we believe those and we see evidence of that. And it just, it takes us down a, a really difficult path. And so I, I really appreciate that. As a matter of fact, if, if you have a hard time dealing with conflict, honestly, I think that little change in really noticing the best giving someone giving your spouse the benefit of the doubt it forces you then to ask yes and there's a humility there well although i know 99.9 percent sure exactly what you meant well it could be wrong so what what was going on or what happened or what were you thinking and and that's what can lead to those good conversations yeah that you're talking about And it's so true. I mean, I even think back to what we went through on your birthday. And I think for me, what I've noticed is that when there's conflict, I either try to correct your behavior or just, you know, once we get into conflict, just try to power through that. So I think standing in the kitchen, I'm irritated that no one wants to now help me clean up. And so here I'm trying to correct your behavior, yeah. you know, hey, Aaron, just, you know, hey, that's the rule. Hey, whoever cooks the other clean. And, and that never worked. That really right. is such a waste of time. Right. And, you know, it's it's interesting because as you both get triggered, well, then hearts close and you disconnect. And then you don't experience those things that your heart longs for, like connection and intimacy and having fun together. Because that walk that we went on wasn't very fun. No. And there's a a great opportunity there to really focus on you first to get your heart back open so you can re-engage in the conversation in an open-hearted manner, which means you're going to lean in and really care about what the other person is experiencing. If you go back and try to have that conversation and you continue defending yourself, um, your heart's not open. Yeah, because that's what so many couples do. Yes, they power through it. Right. It just doesn't work. It gets worse. Exactly. We end up saying probably more hurtful things. And and Mm -hmm. that's what started to happen um, in the kitchen, you know, after whatever, whatever pushback maybe I got or I could tell no one was going to help, then, mm-hmm. you know, I'm starting maybe to be sarcastic or or I probably even shut down and just was like, whatever, you guys go on your walk. Um, I guess I'm staying here to clean. 
you know, totally passive aggressive, snarky, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all of that versus, you know, w- w- I think what we've learned now is that before we can have a good conversation and repair whatever just happened, that we first have to get our own hearts open. And that's yes. why I love, I love the verse from Matthew 7, 3 and 5. So, it, you know, we all kind of know this passage, you know, you hypocrite, why do you look at the, you know, speck of dust in your brother's eye or your spouse's eye and pay no attention to the log in your own eye? And what I, what I love is Jesus actually is then giving us an order. So he says, first, you know, get the log out of your own eye. I, I've always wished that he would have said first, you know, think about your spouse, work on them, tell them what they could do differently, get the speck out of their own eye. Mm-hmm. But he's not saying that. He's saying, hey, you got to deal with you first mm-hmm. before you then deal with your brother, deal with your spouse. And I think that's one of the best pieces of advice on dealing with conflict, you know, like we did in the kitchen. We're disconnected, we're frustrated, we're shut down, now we're reacting Mm -hmm. to each other. So instead of continuing in the conversation, why don't we take a step back, Mm -hmm. you know, and and deal with our own self and get our hearts back open, then we can have a good conversation. Absolutely. Catherine has a great book with more helpful marriage tips called If You Forget Everything Else, Remember This, Building a Great Marriage. We'd love to get that in your hands for a gift of any amount. So click on the link in the show notes to get your copy. I think that something that can cause problems in our communication is how we react to conflict. We had our correspondent, Courtney Requist, go around the ministry and ask, what is your conflict style? Let's listen to how people responded. When it comes up, I process, I pray, and then I do something about it. It's worse to kick the can down the road. It always gets worse. Nobody likes conflict. I don't like conflict, but it's worse not to do something about it. So my goal is just to have a conversation in the kindest, most respectful, God-honoring, but still direct way as, as I can. I am more of a kind of person who I like to let things kind of calm down a little bit first. You know, so I, I'm not a confronter. Like I, you know, I, I'm not a hider either, but uh, the issue generally needs to be dealt with. But I like to give it time before I deal with it because it allows everyone to kind of calm down and realize that everything is not, maybe not as bad as we thought it was initially or what have you, so. I have learned a lot about bringing conflict up while talking through things. My husband's definitely helped with that. Yeah. Imagine through a lot of trial and error. Yes, yeah, me being like, I don't want to talk about it, but then he's like, we need to talk about it. And then I find that after we actually are closer. My husband and I are both I, would, I wouldn't say avoidant, but kind of. We're both very emotional, like not emotional, em- empathetic people. So when I'm having a bad day, he's also having a bad day. So then his day is bad and then my day gets worse. <laughs> it goes back and forth. I usually resolve this by taking some space. He does his, he plays his games and I clean the kitchen. That doesn't seem fair. <laughs> That's what he likes to do. It's a recentering. The, yeah. the game part's fun. Uh, well, my husband and I get along really well and we're both really calm communicators. So it, we've struggled a lot with this. We hold things in for several weeks, but we're getting better at just being blunt. Sometimes you just gotta say it like it is. Be like, hey, this bothers me. And then I kind of hold my breath. But he does the same thing. And we're like, oh, okay. 
Yeah, I'll change that for you. Yeah, I'm sorry I made you feel that way. I love knowing that, you know, what style of conflict our colleagues have, because mm-hmm. now we can take advantage of that. So now we know who are the confronters and the avoiders. Yeah, you know who to walk very gently <laughs> exactly. around and who is going to avoid talking about it. <laughs> yeah, and actually we'll put these in the show notes. There's a great article that Focus has done, one of our colleagues, Dr. Danny Huerta, um, that, that goes over the five different conflict mm-hmm, styles. Mm-hmm. So competing, compromising, collaborating, avoiding, accommodating. So we'll put that in the show notes. You can link and kind of figure out of the five, which are you. But mm-hmm. Aaron, as you think about it, what, what would you say is your conflict style? I think that when I initially start into a conflict, if I haven't taken time to step back and really take care of me first, to simmer it down inside, I would start with a competing style. But then as I simmer down and if I call a little break, a timeout and step away, I become much more collaborative. Mm-hmm. What would you, Well, I don't even yeah. have to ask what you are. I know what you are. But <laughs> well, which, which of the A words would you say I am? Avoiding. Okay. Yeah. First, first you avoid and then I would say sometimes I wonder if you accommodate. I, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Which, you know, yeah. Avoid, as a conflict avoider, I've learned the value of repairing and really going through that. Um, I have you, to, I've taught you You that. have. No, I, I would absolutely 100% agree that you have. I have learned so much from, from watching how you do that. And you, do, you really do that well. Well, in, in any relationship, moments, in any marriage, there's going to be different styles that people come with. And even, you know, who's going to pursue repair and who's going, going to withdraw. Yeah from coming towards. And so it's just recognizing each of you are fighting for the relationship in different ways. And so my role typically has been to pursue and to Mm -hmm. really jump in. And I don't always do that well initially. Well, what's interesting about it is that even though my, probably my natural propensity is to go, Mm -hmm. you know, just avoid it. Well, you don't really allow that. Mm -hmm. And so that's not the biggest one. I'm sure that's frustrating to you. I have to really guard against the accommodating. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it sounds great. So there's a lot of sacrificing, a lot of giving, serving, but it's easy for me then to not speak up mm-hmm. for something well, maybe that I'm aware that I want. For the desires you have to be known and for your heart to be seen. And that's important too. Yeah. So it's making sure there's room for both of us. It is. So like we said, we'll throw that into the show notes. It's a, it's a fun activity you guys could do as a couple is go on a walk, pull those up on your smartphone and say, hey, I have these five. What are you? What are What am I? How do we really manage that well? Well, we have a great video series that, that will really help give you tips to better communicate with your spouse. You know, it should be helpful to your marriage, especially if you're figuring out how do we handle conflict, you know, based on our unique conflict style. So we'll have a link there in the show notes. Well, it's now time for our weekly Q&A. And this is the part of the show where we answer your questions about marriage. If you want us to answer your question, go to our website, crazylittlethingcalledmarriage.com, and click the button on the side of our show page to leave us a voicemail. And if it gets answered on our show, we will send you a copy of our book, Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage, 12 Secrets to a Lifelong Romance, for free as a way of saying thank you for listening and reaching out to us. Yeah, so today's question comes from Charlie from Indiana. He says, Hi, Greg and Aaron. You know, I'm horrible with conflict. I try to avoid it at all costs. I'm right there with you, Charlie. But 
He says, me and my wife seem to blow up at each other when we don't talk things out. So any tips on how we can avoid that? That's mm, so frustrating. And, you know, when you finally decide, yes, we're going to try to work this out and one's avoiding, maybe one's pursuing and distancing and leaning in and all the things that we do. And then there's a blow up and people get triggered and it doesn't go well. And then it just reinforces we shouldn't talk about this. Right. And I think part of the the challenge, at least for me, was it was always hard for me to, to gain sort of a vision of how are we going to solve this? Like, how do we do good conflict resolution? And we've talked about this before, but we'll say it again, that we hate the term conflict resolution because it's a setup. It implies then that our issue can be resolved. So therefore, my focus then was on fixing, finding the solution, solving whatever was going on versus we've we've really, really changed our mindsets. And now instead of pursuing a solution, we're really focused on repairing. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a big difference. It sounds like a small thing. But instead of thinking solution, how do we then repair this? And that's given me a whole new goal to pursue. Mm -hmm. And it's looking at what is repair. Well, repair is just that reconnection around the issue instead of avoiding it and never talking about it, because that's what most couples do. They sweep it under the rug and then distance sets in or explosions happen because we bottle it up inside um, it's just important to to set a time. Hey, when can we talk about this and make the goal to repair the connection between you and your spouse versus you might solve it, you might not. It might be one of those issues. What is Dr. John Gottman says? 70% of conflicts are things that aren't going to be resolved. Yeah, perpetual. Yes, they happen over and over again. And, you know, I, I always laugh because I think of the things of our differences and those things that aren't going to change. As far as you love the morning, you get up every morning at, you know, 4.30 in the morning. And I hate mornings. <laughs> I wish I liked mornings, but I just don't. And I would much prefer to sleep in. And that's probably not going to change. And it's recognizing how do we then work through that in a way that we can make room for both of us. Yeah. You know, we introduced this conflict that we had couple birthdays ago to where, you know, making you this, what I thought was the most unbelievable birthday meal ever. Then I got frustrated because I didn't feel anybody was, you know, waiting around to, to help me clean. Everybody kind of went off on a walk with you on your suggestion. Mm-hmm. It just bothered me going away. Why am I, I made everything. Why do I also have to now clean up? And so that's what sort of got us into conflict. And I know that we circled back and repaired that. Mm-hmm. So what 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 did we do? What stands out in your mind? What helped us to repair that little interaction we had? Well, I would say it's pretty consistent with um, any conflict that we have because really I notice when we sit down and we've scheduled time and it, there's been some distance between the conflict, the initial conflict and repair I mean, I'm not talking weeks. I'm talking, you know, even 20 minutes of stepping away from you, it. You, you had that. You kind of went off on yes. a walk with You know, the kids. it gives you get some perspective. And coming back and your heart begins to soften. And when your heart softens, you begin to humble yourself. 
and you know the pride thing kind of slithers away because it you know you begin realizing well maybe I don't know exactly what the intention was or what was really going on for the other person or even what was going on for me and gosh humility can make such a difference it, it really is so I hope what you're hearing is say is that what we've learned is that you, we can't power through a conversation. I mean, that rarely works, maybe every once mm-hmm. in a while. Mm-hmm. But but usually we just, we need to step away. I need to step away and get my heart back open. And that that's how you begin the repair. Because nothing mm-hmm. will be repaired if, if I'm still charged, if I'm still, you know, energized through whatever we were talking about. Mm-hmm. My heart's still shut down. I'm still reacting versus just stepping away, spend some time with the Lord, go to him in prayer and just really start to go, okay, what was that about? So for me, what helped is as you were with the kids on your birthday walk, mm-hmm. um, as I'm cleaning and, you know, for a while there I was frustrated. I can't believe I have to do this, but eventually I turned to the Lord and just said, okay, why am I so upset? And I think for me, what I realized is I just, I had felt that was unfair. I felt like the rule in our home, again, not being applied to you because mm-hmm. it was your birthday, but with everybody else, the kids and you know, thinking they, they should have offered. Like, why do we even have to say that I need help with the dishes? Like they should have just jumped in. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what was going on for me is I just felt that was unjust. Like they know the rule. Mm-hmm. Why am I doing this? Once I kind of put a name to how I was feeling that, that I pretty quickly calmed down and got open. And then mm-hmm, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't believe I even said what I said to you. So and then you came back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just recognizing that I felt super disrespected and mm-hmm. devalued, yeah. that it was my birthday and you took time to point out that I'm, I know that you were saying it was the kids, but I felt like it was directed at me that right. I wasn't helping. And I really thought the established rule in our home is on your birthday, you don't help. <laughs> on your birthday, Mother's jobs. Day, Father's Day, you get a day off. And so I was confused. I'd like and, that every day, as a matter of yeah. fact. This is, that'll be the norm for us. Yeah. Conf- I was confused. And I felt hurt and embarrassed because it was in front of our kids. Yeah. But once I was able to really identify that, we were able to really establish a healthy dialogue. Yeah. So later on that night, it's kind of when we're alone, we we just we've gotten better at going, hey, that was I don't know what what was going on with that interaction. But is there anything we need to repair? And, of course, we said, yeah. And so that that's when I just said, hey, how did that make you feel? And that's when you shared, you know, I felt disrespected and devalued and. And I was able to share, I felt, you know, taken advantage of or things didn't feel fair. I felt like the kids should have jumped in. I shouldn't have said you. I should have just should have been about the kids. And, yeah, we we just cared. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it mattered to me that you felt that way. And I know that it mattered to you that I felt that way. We acknowledged that, kind of empathized with each other. And that's it. I mean, that's a repair. No solution. We didn't have to make a rule on someone's birthday. They will never, ever have to. However, you could. You could take it one step further and go okay so what did we learn Uh, we're just reinforcing that on birthdays you know you get a pass that you don't have to help with dishes or cooking or whatever and you know you can make adjustments based on what you learn so thanks to charlie for your question and look out for your copy of crazy little thing called marriage coming to you in the mail and if you're listening today and have any questions for us contact us Go to our website, crazylittlethingcalledmarriage.com, and click the button on the side of our show page to leave us a voicemail. 
Thank you for joining us for Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. We love discussing conflict and how to best communicate with your spouse in the middle of conflict. Yeah, so hopefully your takeaway is on your spouse's birthday, do not ask them to clean up after the big birthday meal. Hey, be sure to like, listen, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We want you to have a seat at the table every week as we help equip you and your spouse to have a lifelong, satisfying marriage. We also want to help you grow spiritually, both as individuals and together, so that you can invest in other couples to help them build a thriving marriage. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk with you again next week about this crazy little thing called marriage. Is your marriage holding on by a thread? For deep hurt, you need deep healing that only comes from the Lord. And you'll find it at a Focus on the Family Hope Restored Intensive in Michigan. Our licensed Christian counselors will help you and your spouse get to the root of your issues in just three to five days. And it works. 80% of the couples are still married two years after attending. Learn more at HopeRestored.com and talk with a trusted advisor. That's HopeRestored.com.